Hello and welcome to Important Learning, the home for the best stories live at CUNY Logistics University. Navigate with us through the life experience of our students and let yourself be inspired by their challenges and their achievements. Here we go. We are so ready to have a great time today. And I am very glad that we are starting this podcast at KLU with an authentic star of all the students that have come around KLU in our entire history, bachelor graduate Philip Zimmer. We are going to get to know more about Philip and how he lived his experience at KLU. But for starters, we can tell that Philip is a very, very special person at KLU. I think we could actually say the same for all of our students, because at KLU, we really see every student as a unique member of our big family. But in this case, Philip brings something else onto the table, which is his absolutely stunning and inspiring academic achievements. Philip was part of our bachelor's in business administration and graduated in 2020 with the highest GPA ever, A1.0, which In German scale, basically means semi-god level or something like that. Hello, Philip. I'm truly pleased that you are here dedicating this time to share with us and with our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to, to be here. Great to be back on campus and, and talking to you here. Yeah, thanks. Logically, being bold as you are, uh, you apply for some of the most prestigious universities in the world. And of course, the thumbs up uh, of these institutions didn't take too long to come your way. You were admitted in several universities, including the renowned Massachusetts Institute of Technology, so like the MIT, everybody knows it uh, like that, in Boston, and the Columbia University in New York. And that's where the American dream starts for you, Philip. But let's look at how all of this started. Let's look back to your beginnings at KLU. When and how you decide to come to pursue your studies Yeah, sure. Happy to give a little context. So when graduating from high school in 2016, I didn't want to jump right into university and spend about a year working in the local organization in Uganda. And But before leaving Germany and, and heading to Uganda, I also spent some time with DB Schenker Logistics, some um, bigger freight forwarding company, and somehow got a gist of, of logistics and got very much interested in that. And since I was already clear that I wanted to study something related to economics and business, um, yeah, the KLU seems like the perfect fit of combining these two different passions and interests. And I mean, for sure, a number of other factors like KLU being located in Hamburg, CDA, fell in love with many, many years ago. Um, KLU being such an international community, offering a program in English and integrated semester abroad, I think it offered all that I was searching for at that point. And therefore, I applied quite early, I think around Christmas or so, and was happy to receive my admissions, I think around my birthday in February. So that was a good, a nice present. And yeah, I was up for a good start with KLU. Great timing to receive uh, good news, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then three years pass uh, and then you're finishing your bachelor's. We'll talk about that bachelor's though. Um, but you're finishing, presenting your thesis, and then you decide to apply, uh, of course, having such a good GPA to great universities, uh, MIT, Columbia, And you get a result too. I don't know if it was at your birthday this time, but um, tell us how is this moment that you go to your families, your mom, to your siblings, I don't know if you have siblings, and say, mom, 
dad, I got admitted to MIT or I got admitted to Columbia. Like how did that go? I think the the moment was a little different than many may expect. So of course there was like a lot of pride and um, a lot of, lot of happiness. But I think first and foremost, there was a lot of relief um, because my parents had suffered with me through this process, which is really tenorsome and takes, I mean, takes a couple of months, right? I think we start applying at times in around August, September to study a year later, essentially. Um, and before receiving my first ad, first acceptance, which was to Columbia, I actually received four or five rejections. So I was at the point where I was like, am, am I aiming to high here or is, you know, is this not just not going to work out? So I think the first feeling was a lot of relief also on the side of my parents. But then, yeah, that turned to, to happiness pretty fast. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful to be given this opportunity. It is then very complicated admission process like doing all the application and uh, everything, as you were saying? I wouldn't necessarily call it complicated. I think uh, a main factor that makes this this time so long and also so, um, so cumbersome is that many different universities have different deadlines and have you know different documents you have to present, and that stretches out the process. So I think the first university I applied to, I had to apply by 9th of November or so. And of course, then you have to, you know, start reaching out to professors for references and prepare some tests, etc. And that makes the whole thing so time intensive. Wow, that's time consuming at the end of the day. Um, so you get admitted in several of these universities, mm -hmm. um, MIT and, and Columbia, two of them, but uh, some others. And then you have to make a decision. It's almost as complicated as making a decision who to apply to. And finally, you got the admission to several, and now you have to make a decision, where do I go? How was that decision-making process? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, most probably it would have been much easier just to be admitted at one place, and then, you know, the decision is taken for you. I think something for maybe first and foremost, what one should never forget if, you know, you're given such such, such a great opportunity is that you can't make the wrong decision, right? You can only make the right decision. And if you're, if you find yourself in this situation, then it's very hard to convince yourself that you can only make the right decision. Um, and then, yeah, going about it, I guess there's, you know, in the end, so many factors that you can weigh off of, you know, the faculty you will be working with, the students you will be studying with, because at times you can get to know them before you have to make your decision. Um, the program's interest, the, of course, the living environment as well. And I guess also most importantly, and after all, where you see the best personal fit, right? Where you think you will feel home, just as I felt home at KLU, where you will think that you will thrive as a person and where you will be happy. And yeah, I guess in the end, it comes also down a little bit to a gut decision of seeing, you know, where you think um, you're best placed. I understand. So, I mean, of course, what you have achieved in this uh, three years of bachelor is really impressive and definitely hard work. Nobody can discredit that. Um, people may think that to accomplish what you have done, uh, you have to give up on many things. Is, is that right? Is that so? Or how do you organize yourself to still keep a balance of being a great student and have a life? I mean, right, the two questions of yours are pretty much interlinked. The better you organize yourself, the less you have to give up. I think this is maybe the, the most important part of it. Um, I guess one one learning I had throughout these years, and I think that's also something that enabled me to do what I did, is that 
you shouldn't just do things for the purpose of, you know, your CV and, and building your resume, but you should really aim to do all of these things that you do on campus, off campus, out of interest, you know, out of, out of passion, because that will make life much easier and it will, it will not hurt if that you have to give up maybe to once or one or the other time, you know, not go to the cinema on, on the weekend or not go out party because you will enjoy what you're doing. Although I wouldn't directly say you have to give up many things to to do what I've done. I mean, there's a certain time commitment to it and, you know, there's natural boundaries to what you can do. We all only have 24 hours a day. We all need to sleep. We all need to eat, right? And we also, I guess, all have to maintain some social interactions. I think um, we've, we've learned that through COVID. Um, but I would say when it comes to organizing yourself and therefore also being able to do many things at the same time and... and um, Yeah, achieve what you want to achieve is being very strict in the way you organize your time, you know, not wasting your own resources on things that you're maybe not into or we feel like, oh, this is, you know, this is not going anywhere. So also having the courage to say, oh, this project that I think would be super interesting, I know it's not going anywhere. Let me not waste more time and, and energy on it. Um, and besides that, I would also say you have to be in that sense, very flexible, right? You, you never know if you have many things on your plate, what will come up next. And you need to be really good in, in strategizing and organizing how to handle, um, handle deadlines, to handle many, you know, competing interests. And I think then, then you're set up also doing many great things without, um, yeah, losing out too much on life. I'm going to keep with those uh, two, uh, prioritizing and also always have a little bit more space because you don't know what is mm -hmm. going to come up. I think that was very smart tip, actually. So I'm going to take this one, I think, in my own life, probably too. <laughs> But the good thing is that it's not has been all uh, studying at KLU and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hard work and assignments. It uh, Also, you have had the time to organize yourself for doing other activities. Um, so tell us a little bit, how was your experience? What you have been involved in the university aside of your classes? Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for, for bringing up that point because I think this is one of, you know, these crucial arguments for KLU that probably I wasn't even that aware of prior to starting to, to study here is that there's just such an enormous amount of opportunities that, you know, we students have in joining activities that are already ongoing. But I guess this is also to, to stress, um, you know, starting your own new thing. If there's an initiative, something that you find always missing here on campus, I think faculty, staff, you know, the entire university is always very supportive of that coming closer to to your question of what i was doing so i think there were a couple of things of you know more serious and, and less serious things i was, was involved with for example um KLU as a football team which was really enjoyable just to you know to to meet with others and play always on thursdays we were maybe not the most competitive team in this um, university league in Hamburg, but we had a great bunch of um, people together enjoying themselves and, um, you know, also connecting beyond the, the, the time of just of, of the football on, on the court. And yeah, I think this made, made life also, you know, give it a little different taste besides classes all day long. And then besides that, a little more serious, so to say, um, I was also involved with UniConnect, which is a student club that's essentially trying to bridge the gap between students and, and industry. That means 
Um, we usually invited companies to to hold speeches, but also did outreaches where we were traveling with, with many students, for instance, to Berlin. We're visiting different startups there, um, different industry companies, and trying, therefore, to, you know, help kickstart people's careers also in a way. And I think beyond that, there's also many, many other initiatives that I would highly encourage, you know, entering students to look into and, and get involved with. Okay, wow. All of that is so interesting. I mean, I think we could do a podcast almost on every single one of those initiatives. Um, but there is also something else that during all these years uh, of your bachelor's, you have uh, carried a big responsibility Uh, with yourself, another big project. And I will want you to tell us about this project and introduce it to our listeners as well. Yeah, I would be happy to. Thanks so much for bringing this up as well. Um, so as I had mentioned prior already, um, I, I spent some time in Uganda working in a, a small organization that's supporting street children all over the country. And one concern, of course, of that project is always as, you know, for many nonprofit organizations is funding. And most crucial funding for the organization entails the costs that arise from the educational process of the children that are involved in a project. So very differently than, you know, the benefits we see here in Germany, even going to the very basic governmental schools in Uganda is at, at, at cost um, and entails tuition fees, uh, uniform expenses, and of course, all the other things that we know that we need to study books, etc. And I, yeah, I very much enjoyed my time and I took so much out of these 13 months from, for myself, for my personal development that I knew that I wanted to give something back, right? I mean, I came to Uganda in the first place because I thought, well, maybe I can leave a mark, but um, I also wanted to take it beyond that. So when I came back to Germany, that was in December 2017, um, me and a couple of friends that were also volunteers in Uganda prior that I had met there, we founded uh, a non-profit here in Germany, which is called Subiliabana, which is translated um, Hope for Children. And what we are essentially trying to aim is um, talking to SMEs, talking, of course, also to private persons to get involved and um, yeah, donating specifically dedicated to the educational process of the children that I was working with prior. And um, yeah, this has been running now for some time already. Um, and I'm very happy that this is still up and running and we're kind of expanding the, the scale of, of the operations as in every year about 20 children join the program, the organization um, newly and enter the, the formal education process. And so far, we've always been able to come up with the funds that are necessary to support, to support that. And yeah, I hope that we continue, can continue that in the future as well. I think it's rather beautiful that while you're receiving your education, you're taking care of other people receiving their education. I imagine that's really um, satisfactory and rewarding in a personal level. I mean, I, w I would give it another thought that I would say that probably my motivation and endurance during studies, and I guess every student will encounter that at some point in his life, that right, and grit and endurance is also needed, um, also stems from my, from my time in Uganda. I would quite frankly say I was a rather lazy student back in high school. Somehow I made my way through it and some was somewhat very happy that I got into KLU. Um, but I guess this, this spirit of, you know, striving for more and more that also came through my time in Uganda and seeing that, you know, there's many children that would do anything for quality education. 
And then I was just asking myself, hey, I have all these opportunities. Let's let's also do the same, right? Let's let's aim for the best and hopefully also use whatever I learn for some positive impact in the world. That is wonderful. So you're giving these opportunities to the kids in Uganda and you're taking your own opportunities at KLU with your bachelor's. Uh, three years that uh, have been part of your life that will never disappear, will never go away. Please let us now like share today with us uh, what is, do you think, the best takeaway after the three years you spent in KLU? Hmm. I would say first, first, first of all, it was one of the best decisions that I made in life, and it has brought me personally very much. And I've seen this also with many, you know, classmates that have how they've grown and developed throughout these three years, um, through all these activities that are part of the curriculum. So, you know, just very honestly, I can highly recommend KLU. Um, and I would say besides that. I think that KLU is what you make out of it. And I would just highly encourage everybody that is part of KLU already and that will be part of KLU to really, you know, take all these opportunities up and, you know, make the best out of this this experience because, you know, people will only be supportive here, whether it's faculty, whether it's staff. So it's really up to you to, you know, make it even better of an experience than it will be anywhere. How would you see yourself in the long-term future? Where do we see Philip uh, when MIT has passed, your master's graduated and where is your life going towards? Yeah, um, that's of course an interesting question always. <laughs> not not only by, by, by grandmas and parents, um, but yeah, it's a good point. So I think I'm already quite settled when it comes to, you know, the thematic area I want to be working in. Um, I already, during my time at KLU, concentrated in humanitarian logistics, where I wrote my thesis. And um, I think I will also want to be con stay connected to, you know, what, what is called commonly the triple nexus of development, humanitarian action and peace and security. Um, also, during the time that I now in, in this gap year, past, past graduation spent with uh, working with the United Nations, I, you know, found somewhat the proof that this is what I want to be, you know, taking my, uh, spending my time with. And then I think I see two paths forward for me. Um, I'm a very curious and research-driven person, so I can definitely imagine staying in academia for a while at, um, for a doctoral degree. But I can also likewise imagine, you know, jumping into the labor market as it so, so painfully sounds and um, taking up a position probably within, you know, the United Nations family, maybe um, with a think tank or so specifically researching or like working on the intersection of how uh, frontier technologies, how data can improve work within this nexus of development, humanitarian action and peace and security. We cannot wait to see how you develop and uh, the impact you're going to make to this world, because I'm very sure that this is going to be very big. Thank you so much, Philip. Uh, it was wonderful to have you here today at the podcast of KLU. And we wish that you keep collecting all these great achievements for many years to come. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It has been great to be back here and hopefully see you all soon um, at KLU. Thanks so much. And with this, it's time to say goodbye. We'll hear more amazing stories in our next episode of this KLU podcast. Until then, receive a warm greeting from who has been on this side of the waves, Laura Guavlini in the production, Christopher Estegar in the technical side, and I am Patricia Mendala. Take care and keep your crane moving. Cheers!
discover Kuna Logistics University in Hamburg, Germany. Learn more about their offered business and supply chain management study programs at the-klu.org.